Episode 34 Don't Let It Consume You Introducing Tom Ray Williams on the BTS Creative Academy podcast, Uncut. So tell me, Tom, how are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. Um, very busy at the moment. Nice. Uh, the end of the year, so, like things have suddenly picked up, mm-hmm. which is... I mean, I, this is a this is a very fickle industry, isn't it? It's like you'll go through phases of Big. not doing much, and then suddenly, suddenly everything, everything comes together all at once. All at once, yeah. And then you can have a year or two years or three years. Yeah. Like you not you not yet because you're quite young still. Yeah. But I've experienced those years of nothingness. Yeah. I've not yeah. experienced those dark holes yet. <laughs> those <laughs> dark holes. <laughs> you're you're fresh and ready to go. So, tell me before we get into the industry and your acting life because you're you're an actor. Um, Who would have known? Who yeah. would have known? No, you, you, you look the part, Tom. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So before we get into that, how's life for you? What's going on in your in your life in general at the moment? In my life? Oh, my God. I mean, it's quite hard, isn't it? Because at the moment, things are very interlinked. Like right. my career and like my acting is, is, is quite a big, makes up quite a big chunk of my identity, I suppose. But I, I suppose... Personal life is good. Mm-hmm. Personal life is, is is nice at the moment. I'm spending time with friends, family. Um, I graduated this year, right? And yeah. drama school. Uh, for anyone who has been to drama school, they'll know how much time it consumes mm-hmm. and how how sort of it is. You you have to give it your all in terms of time and effort. You don't have a lot of time for anything else, especially when you get to second year and third year. It's it's really make or break. So um, you did three years. Three years. And where was this? This was at Central, mm-hmm. um, Central School of Speech and Drama. No, is that, is quite is that how we say it? Is there? Is a that <laughs> how they say it? Yeah. <laughs> um, in the industry, it's known as Central uh, for obvious reasons because the the name is a uh, is quite a mouthful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to Central for three years on the acting course. Graduated this year, and um, yeah, like I said, it was just all consuming, and to go from that to 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 sort of it's weird because upon leaving you you sort of want to i my experience was i wanted to find a little bit of myself again mm-hmm. you know get the habits back that i used to that i used to have do the things that i that i i love because it, you you don't get a lot of time for that in drama school it is really a a give it your all sort of deal mm-hmm. um so i've been i've just been building healthy habits again you know, I uh, there were a lot of hobbies that I had before drama school. I loved to work out, um, keep myself fit. I loved to, uh, I loved, to, I love learning languages, right? So I love. Um, at the moment, I'm doing Italian. I know a little bit of Mandarin, mm-hmm. um, and this that's all just from like, just side side hobbies that I do. Okay. If I go on walks and things, I'll listen to to audio books. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to a really cool podcast at the moment. No? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm listening to a really cool podcast. All the rage, apparently. All the, you know, yeah. <laughs> people like them. I'd they do. They do for some. Yeah. I, I, I don't know why. <laughs> um, no, I'm listening to a podcast at the moment. A guy called uh, Blind Boy. Mm. Um, shout out to Blind Boy if he Blind watches Boy. this ever. Right, okay. um, he's a he's quite a famous Irish podcaster, and he's he's really um, he's fascinating to listen to because he he takes these really random sort of. Mm. Um, I don't know things, just just object. He'll talk about random concepts or or random things. Like he'll he'll talk about food a lot. Random foods, like carrot cake, is the most recent one I listened to. And he'll 
speak about the history of that. Right, okay. And a lot of it is things, it, it's very, very interesting, things that you wouldn't even have, have known, you know. Mm. So um, doing a lot of that, going on a lot of walks through nature. I've got a, a lovely park near where I live. Um, and uh, then I side hustle on the side. I've got my, uh, my muggle job. What, what's the muggle job? So I work front of house at the Harold Pinter Theatre at the moment. Okay. Um, really, really fun job. Mm-hmm. Really fun job because I'm surrounded. But usually with those kinds of jobs, you're surrounded by other actors and or, or other creatives in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of like-minded people. And that's really, that's really been good for my uh, creative headspace, if you like. Because it, like leaving drama school, it, it can be quite a difficult thing because you go from what is a very um, creative, safe space. And suddenly not having that can be quite daunting mm-hmm. to, to someone because it's a, it's a vulnerable thing what we do, isn't it? Like we really put ourselves out there. Yeah, we, we put ourselves on the line. We bear our soul often, don't we? And yeah. we, we give ourselves to, if, if we're doing stage, if we're doing film as well, we give ourselves to the audience, don't yeah. we? And, and we don't know what we're going to get back. Yeah. We don't know if we're going to get criticised or if yeah. we're going to get praised. Yeah. It's so, um, yeah, it's risky. It's so risky. Mm. Really risky. And my, my, movement, tu- uh, my movement tutor, uh, Vanessa Ewan, always, always said to us, let the tomatoes fly sort of thing. So when you go up on stage, mm. you go up there with your potential and just just do just do you do you know what i mean just yeah. be you and and do just do the work and let the tomatoes fly and if they fly they fly mm. um but nonetheless it's a vulnerable thing yes yeah. it's a vulnerable thing to do and every aspect of the industry involves that so you know if you write something mm-hmm. you've got to expect to Wh- whatever creative field that you're doing you've got to open yourself up to vulnerability yeah. haven't you yeah um and i seem to have found this place of if you don't open yourself up to the vulnerability, you can't be authentic. You can't really be yourself. No. Um, if you try and put them shields and barriers up mm. or, you know, a, a lot of people have said to me over the years, oh, fake it till you make it. Pretend, mm. act. You, even being an actor, actors can't really afford to, to act being an actor, can you? No, because you, you've got a... You've got a... I mean, you are... As you yourself, you you are a unique, magnificent being, mm. you know, and you have something to offer, and you can do all the research you want for a part or a, or, or or something that you're writing for, but ultimately you're taking things from your own life, you know, what makes up your own personal identity, mm. you know, what 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 makes you a, a person. You're using everything that that makes your that makes you you. Mm. So that there is no way you can sort of pretend. It, it has to be like you say authentic you have to you have to just be mm-hmm. using your own experience if that makes sense you know yeah. yeah so where did this start for you then wanting to to be an actor where was the very first moment that Tom <coughs> sat back and went well I'm going to act now it's a good question <laughs> <laughs> I I I can't I can't ultimately pinpoint when that moment was what I can do is I I I, I mean it was here in this sort of venue, right? Okay. Um, and I was very, I was very lucky. I had this because I obviously, I, you know, I lived on this road. You live down <laughs> yeah. the bottom. You live on the same road yeah. as this theatre. I mean, it took me five minutes to get here yes, today. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it started here, uh, my local theatre, our local theatre, mm-hmm. and I just had a load of fun. Is what I remember. I, I everything, everything about this place was just 
was you involved in a group here? Was you involved in it was a, a, a children's theatre company, wasn't it? Yeah, so yeah. I was involved in a cats class at theatre school, mm-hmm. and uh, as you know, they do they do all their productions here. Um, mm-hmm. I thought I was going to burp. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what that look was there. <laughs> <laughs> I've eaten a lot this weekend. Okay, it's all coming back now. I can feel the burn. Um, the fact I'm going to get some. Yeah, no problem, no problem. <laughs> so you started you started your early days. What was you, sort of 12, 13 when you started doing stuff? I mean, I was very young. I, I remember, because mm. I moved to Harlow when I was seven years old <coughs> with my fam- with my mum. And I remember even before then doing school productions. Mm. And um, I, I, there was a part of me that, that I was always a, quite a shy kid. But then there was an aspect of me that loved to be in the spotlight. And it was a thing of, and I suppose it's it's not too dissimilar to the feelings that we we universally feel now, is is this like nervousness getting on stage, Mm -hmm. putting yourself out there. Um, But then once you actually get on stage and you're doing what you do and the reception is, you know, (laughs) <laughs> if they like what you're doing, the reception <laughs> is is is, uh, is good and healthy too. and favourable. Yeah, yeah. Um, you really start to fall into your element. I really started to fall into my element, and um, I remember feeling that from a from a very young age. Mm-hmm. And then we moved here, and we had this local, this really lovely local community. Um, <clears throat> and again, I was quite shy, and it was the people around me that encouraged me to to do it. I re- I remember. One of the first productions that I was heavily involved in here was um, The Adventures of Alice in Wonderland. And um, Was that a Christmas, a Christmas show? Mm. I, I can't actually remember. I, I think so. Mm-hmm. Probably, probably around Christmas time. Um, but I was really terrified to go because it was it was one of the first sort of public productions that I, I was involved in and so you're stepping away from the the drama classes and the drama group yeah and into community theater yeah into where where you started rather than just being with people your own age yeah all of a sudden you were mixing with adults yeah. and teenagers the big guns yeah all, all a mix of mix of people that have done community theatre all their life uh-huh. and a, a mix of people that have dabbled in the professional world as well yeah 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 so all of a sudden you're this this young boy in amongst yeah this community so how did that feel scary mm-hmm. <coughs> especially at first because i remember we did the audition at the back there and uh i was sat there with all these all these actors both really young and old mm. um <laughs> old older <laughs> um and I remember feeling very scared, um, and I, ca- I can't fully remember because it was so long ago. I can't remember how the audition was uh, conducted, but I, I think we just read random parts. Uh, we read through the script because it was already a thing, and um, we read for random parts. And I, I think because I didn't know how it worked, I, I think everybody was cast for for one character or or another. They, they were either I remember the young the younger kids were more ensemble and I suppose I was considered by then I would have been about um twelve, maybe mm. twelve, thirteen. I'd, so I, I was sort of mid range in terms of age. So I was I was given the uh the mid range part, you know. So I wasn't ensemble but I wasn't it wasn't 
fully 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 uh, adult yeah yeah i suppose that was really good for me Mm -hmm. because it it, i was young to theater as a whole Mm -hmm. i didn't really know what to expect um so i played the dodo (laughs) (laughs) dodo and red knight Mm -hmm. that that was my that was my credit but my two credits um and i remember they put me in these really tight tights these gray tights (laughs) sort of thing and i had feathers for the dodo um and I remember just having a really good time. Mm-hmm. The whole process was just really fun. It helped that I was doing it with one of my um one of my one of my best friends, uh, Toby Stacy, okay. who I think you know, um, who was also quite a big part of community theatre. And uh, he he was part of the reason I went to the audition in the first place because he was a, a part of the production. So that really helped me. Mm. Um, <coughs> but I just remember having a great time, and even even during the run of it. It was just a, a big sort of family affair. You know, we, we had a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> we laughed about a lot. Um, I remember the director getting quite angry. I think it was... Uh, who was directing it? I think it might have been Simon. Simon. I, be- I believe Alice in Wonderland would have been Paul Johnson. Yes, it was. Yeah. It was Paul Johnson, yeah. And Keith as well. Yes. Keith Mardell. Yeah, yeah. And I remember, I, like, ultimately, we had a lot of laughs. But there were moments where, you know, when you're with friends, you lark about and uh, sometimes... And there becomes a moment where you have to take it seriously. Yeah. Because if you just prat about, at one point, that that pratting about has got to end, hasn't it? Yeah. Because there is going to be a paying audience coming to see you. Yeah. And do they, uh, is anyone going to pay to see that? To yeah. See a, to see a mess? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I at some point, a director does have to get it hold of everyone yeah you, you have fun you can all be part of a family be yeah. making new friends but at some point you have to do the work yeah mm. especially <coughs> upon approaching the time mm-hmm. you know and I, th- I think every director i've i've never directed before it's something that i would like to to do mm-hmm. but every director that i've worked with the, the closer that you get to the show the more pressure yeah the director feels mm-hmm. um so you're right. The work has to has to take precedent, and because I was so young at the time, I I suppose it be, it was my first sort of. So I'm glad the director was there to mm-hmm. to pull us back in to to rain check us, if you like. Um, but I remember having a lot of fun, and I remember it being a very healthy experience. And I remember from that point onwards, I just became more and more heavily involved as time went on, and as I as I grew older. Mm-hmm. And it did become more serious because I think I was slowly coming to the decision that I, this this was what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I wanted to pursue this, and this this was I couldn't really I couldn't really see myself not doing it in the end. Mm-hmm. I think I got to the age of sixteen, and that's when I decided this is this is it. Like th- th- this is the route I want to take, mm-hmm. um, regardless of how good I am at the moment. I I want to get better. I want to learn, and I want to do this for a living. I, I want to make this into something. I want to have something to offer. That's it. There's something in that as well, wanting to get better and wanting mm. to learn. And that's that's quite a, a grand realization for for an actor to have that maybe they're not at their best, mm. but if they want it, they need to aim for that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's. <coughs> I mean, I suppose we're getting very philosophical now. Well, I, I, think I, I guess that's part of the point of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's good because acting, and this is what I found 
over over the the years that I've been doing it now is that acting and life is very interconnected. Mm-hmm. You know, because acting is supposed to be a representation of life. At, at the end of the day, we're supposed to be. Um, I suppose. Uh, don't know if representing is the right word, but representing the human spirit, mm-hmm. human nature. Um, Recreating, reforming. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's supposed to be. A th- I mean, we're telling stories, interpreting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. about things that usually are very human, mm-hmm. you know. And so, a lot of the time, it will be relatable. And you know, you, c- you. That's why we love characters that we see because we we love we love their layers. We love we love what makes them up, and we can relate to what makes us up as people you know mm-hmm. um <coughs> but yeah it's very very interconnected uh i can't remember what we were what was the original point well we're kind of going along your journey at the moment yeah. so so you've left school and you've decided that this is yes acting is yeah. is the thing that you're going to pursue yeah um oh yeah and, and learning i'm wanting learning. to learn yeah 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 um i i never stop learning mm-hmm. i think every single thing that i do especially in the acting world is um i'm always learning something and it's you know when you go to drama school it's it's very it's easy to think that those 3 years are are it you know that they're the 3 years of learning and then you have to you have to sort of be the best the best possible creative that you that you can possibly be it's not the case you know it it's it's a journey of it's a journey of learning through life you never stop learning mm-hmm. and i found that the more you accept that the more the more freeing it actually is, the fact that, you know, imperfection, there's beauty in that. And there's 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 beauty in um in being a fallible human being, you know, an ever changing, ever learning, mm. ever making mistakes human being. Um and the best lessons in life are through failure. So have you made any mistakes as yet with your career? Loads of them. Mm. Loads of them. Um, I've, <laughs> especially in drama school, you do things sometimes and that you, you know, everyone's like, no, no, no. <laughs> um, I've made loads of them and in the moment they can feel, they can feel really, really horrible. Cause like we said before, we're really putting ourselves on the line, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're giving our heart and soul into everything we do because we love it that much. And when you care about something that much and you fail, fail um it can be a it can be really it can be really heart-wrenching but it's those moments where you know it sort of feels like a knockdown as a rock i think it was rocky Balboa. i'm gonna butcher this quote <laughs> uh rocky Balboa said you know it's about it's about getting back up again it's um, not about as how hard you get hit it's about how hard it's about <laughs> here we go we're gonna find <laughs> this it's not about how hard you hit it's about how hard you get back up that's, that's along the that, one. That's, that's kind of one. along that. You almost said it like uh, Rocky Balboa uh, as well. It's not about how hard you get here. <laughs> it's about how hard you get back up, son. Something like that. Son. Uh, yeah. And then we added a son in there. Yeah, because no, he's cool. telling his son, isn't he? That's the speech. He's telling his Is son. Is it that one? He's, yeah, he's Is talking to him. Rocky Balboa, okay. that one comes from. I but it's a really important quote, actually. I like is. it a lot. I'm going to share that on social media today. I'm going to yeah, seek that one out. Do it, because do it. It, is a nice, it is a nice speech that matters for, not just for boxing, it matters for life. Yeah. And it matters for whatever career or creative pursuit that you've got. Mm. That you're going to get these knockbacks. Yeah. But it's how hard you fight back against those knockbacks. Yeah. 
what was the quote? I heard a quote yesterday, very relevant to this. Mark, Mark Twain. It's not about the. Uh, it's not about the the dog in the fight. It's about the fight in the dog that matters. Mm. You know. Yeah, it's and so true. It's the the heart and the spirit, isn't mm. it? You know, and I think that that comes with a lot of failure. You know, you, that it comes with you. You sort of like grow as a person. You you grow that spirit. You willpower. I think is something you have to really put into practice a lot of the time. It's not something that you just have. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's something that comes with a lot of failure and putting yourself out there. Um, and that's why it's important to just be courageous in these events. And you have to find a, a way of, of um, I suppose, capturing that courage to put yourself out there in the first place, you know? And realising that actually, what's, what's the worst that could happen? You know, you're still going to be, you're still going to be you, mm. you know? You're not going to get, there's no, there's, <laughs> I hope you're not going to get physically harmed in any way. I, um, think, I think when I've really looked at this question, and I have really looked at this question, what's the worst that can happen? For me, I think I've found social commentary to be the hardest thing to mm. deal with. What is it the peers say? What is it the friends and families think? Yeah. I think that is, for me, one of the, when I when I go deep, when I go like, what am I afraid of here yeah by doing this thing i think for me that's the that's the barrier yeah that's the wall that needed to to be knocked down for me to be able to to truly start to move forward with the things that i want to pursue yeah i think with friends and family it's it's a difficult thing because they know you best don't Mm. they 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 they're the people that you know especially especially the people that you grew up with they know you almost better than you know yourself Mm -hmm. and so you really care about their opinion. Um, I completely relate to that. I think what's helped me, I, I read a quote from a, from a book, and I can't remember the name of the book, it was quite a while ago, um, but it was talking about um, bravery and, and sort of like uh, esteem in your own work. And it, it spoke about the, th- the things that you do, especially as a creative, the work that we put out, we're going to be doing multiple things throughout our careers, throughout our lives. And one thing that you put out does not identify or does not represent your identity as an actor mm. or a writer. You know, you could be, you could put, I mean, we see it all the time, even even with directors of the highest standard, mm. you know, the elitist directors, sometimes they they make a film or they they direct a stage production and it's not all that you Mm. know it's not it's not their finest work in fact it could be diabolical but it doesn't define who they are as a person and it doesn't define their career Mm -hmm. because it's one piece of work and the most important things that they've put themselves out there you know they've made something whether or not it's liked whether how well received it is 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 irrelevant but at least they've done something and it's you know, I think we all go through moments where we're like, oh, God, what, what are people going to think? What are my friends going to think of this? What are my family going to think of this? But it's important to remember that that's not going to define your career as a whole. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could get beat down. It could go horribly wrong. It could go it could go really, really well. You don't know. Regardless, doesn't represent you as a whole, doesn't make up your identity as a whole. And you can always get back up and try again. Mm-hmm. I think also what what has helped me get through that kind of 
worry and fear of the failure is the the finding the why from what you're doing mm. finding the yeah why am i doing this and yeah. where do th- where does that fit within the fear does that even does it even match up with the fear yeah yeah the why mm. are you necessarily are you doing it for friends and family are you a writer yeah. for friends and family or are you a writer for the art or are you the, a writer for the fact that you want to express something and get an opinion out there into yeah. the world? Like, why? What? So it's why? so true. Like doing it for yourself, mm-hmm. sort of thing. Like, yeah. what? Why are you doing it? it you because the only, surely the reason why you do anything like this in the first place is because you feel you have something to offer, mm. you know, and you have something to put out there. Um. Yeah, I think that was also covered in the <laughs> in the book actually. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up. It, it's yeah, I agree. It's important to realize that you have something to offer, and a lot of what you do should come from yourself as well. And I think the moment you start to think about, and we all do it, you know, it, it's it's a, it's, yeah, it's completely natural, related. Yeah. It's natural, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a if human you have trait. any element of care and empathy within you, you're going to think about these things, yeah, aren't you? For sure, you know, it's hard not to. Mm-hmm. It's almost an evolutionary trait, isn't it? Yeah. We're, we're a social species, so caring about the opinions of others is second nature to us. It's mm-hmm. it's how we it's how we it's how we find our place in a group. Um, I guess that's why it can also be so rewarding mm. when we do get the praise, yeah. when we do get the applause, when people yeah. do say, "Well done." Yeah, you know, that's why it feels so good on the other side. Yeah, getting that. Um, getting that praise after doing something that you really do care about and that most of the time we put a lot of work into it 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 feels i mean it's an it, it it's an adrenaline rush isn't it you know you get mm-hmm. you get such a feel good factor from it um and i suppose that comes from wanting to be at at the very core of human nature accepted mm-hmm. into a group um but it's important it's important to remember throughout the process that you have something to offer you know like we mentioned and it's that's the moment you start doing things for for other people for the f- for the appraisal of other people is uh, in my experience the moment that you stop enjoying it mm-hmm. and at the ver- at the end of the day right the reason why we're in this industry in the first place is because we enjoy what we're doing you know it's about having fun you know so what is it that you hope to offer? Um, I, I, I want to tell, I've always found that, I mean, my own personal sort of thing is I, I just want to go through life having fun. Okay. <laughs> and I found that a lot, of, a lot of the time when I act, I'm, I'm enjoying myself and I'm, I'm just, I, I, like, I like the meaningfulness, I suppose, through telling stories and representing um representing life through telling stories on either stage or screen i found meaning in that and i I think that um i I don't i don't always believe that we have I, i don't necessarily believe in destiny i think that well i do insofar as you find your destiny and i i think that i was very lucky to to find all meaning and i found my meaning at quite a very a very young age i think mm-hmm. and i um i think that the actor i mean any creative is is such a powerful tool throughout life and they have the power to change you know 
people's lives in a very in a very important way um that's why a lot of the times you know when we talk about wars or conflicts through time Mm -hmm. you know propaganda is used a lot of the time and that that quite often especially in recent times that that takes the form of films or stage productions which involves actors yeah so they can be very important weapons yeah, not for that reason. Propaganda also uh, it's a way that we l- we learn yeah. through stories. We know that that cavemen painted pictures on the walls to tell stories of how to to hunt. Yeah. So that the next generation knew how to hunt. So we started off as a species. Our intelligence started off working out that we need stories. Yeah. To tell each other. Yeah. To learn and grow. Um, and in fact, recently uh, there was a there was a thing in the news the other day. There's a film being made at the moment that mm-hmm. tells the story. In part of the film, it, it tells the story of the seven seven bombings in London. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they were questioning: Should we be covering this within a film? Mm. These horrific deaths and this terrorism act should that be part of the entertainment? And instantly. I was like, yes, uh, talking back to my TV, yes, we this should be part of the story mm. that people died in a horrific way mm. so that we can go, this is not what we want to happen again. Yeah, We want to avoid these horrific things yeah. because how would you know otherwise? Yeah, How would you know to avoid something horrific yeah. if you wasn't told about it? Yeah, for sure. And I've always thought that... <coughs> I think I think a lot of the uh, like a lot of the point of um, art in the form that we do it is is to test is to test the way we think and live our lives, and ultimately that's 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 kind of what learning is, isn't it? It's like testing your your boundaries, testing what you know already, mm-hmm. you know. And I think the the whole I, I think if they're making a film about the bombings, that's that that's going to be quite a difficult thing to watch for people mm-hmm. and that's sort of the reason why it's important to make it because it's it's going to be it's a hard lesson to learn you know mm. and not everything's going to be not everything's going to be easy mm. you know and I, I think it's important to remember that and i think that making films telling stories like that i think is very important mm. i agree uh, I guess we've th- there's picture a world where we do censor censor storytelling yeah. through the fact that it's going to up upset people and generations to come only know the facts of what happened in right. history. Yeah, what does that look like to them? Only knowing the facts without the feelings. Does that look like something to avoid? Does that look some like something to not ha- need to happen again? Does that look some like something that we need to move forward from? I think it sounds. I think it sounds very unnatural because mm. you can't really. I mean, where humans feel all the time, you know, that's how. That's kind of how we respond to facts. Is you respond with a? We're we're an emotional social species. We respond with emotion a lot of the time. <laughs> a yeah. lot most of the time. So I think I think the thought of just sort of just just knowing the facts without without the feelings mm-hmm. sort of like a it's sort of like a canoe and a river isn't it the facts are the canoe yeah. this is what my mind tutor always said in mm-hmm. school it's like the facts 
or the words, if you like, of a canoe, but there's a river that's flowing underneath and it's guiding and it's twisting that canoe in all different directions. The direction that the river wants to wants to take the canoe. Mm-hmm. Um which I I suppose, you know, that that it represents the the feelings and the emotions behind the the human being. Mm. So I don't think it's possible, truth be told, I don't think it's possible to respond to to facts without without some sort of emotional response or feeling something. Mm. I think we're finding something out really important here. This this reminds me of earlier this year, someone said to me, I really, I told them I was an actor, someone knew I met. And she said to me, I really don't value actors. And I was like, okay, okay. She was like, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, you know, as someone that doesn't do acting mm. um, or within the entertainment industry or within the creative arts, from an outsider's point of view, mm. you could be seen as someone just boosting your own ego, mm. just looking for the applause, just looking mm. to just looking to have fun. Yeah, of but course. I think you know, in us talking about the storytelling that we're trying to do, proves the value in acting. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, what value do you see within acting? Well, I, I think, like I've, I've mentioned before, I, the actor has the power to change a life. You know, somebody—it's—it's—it's—it's it's it's testing boundaries, it's testing beliefs, it's forcing you sometimes to look at something you don't want to look at. Um, I was uh, there were many things throughout drama school that I had to to face about myself. There were there were things that I had to that I was forced to confront about myself through either watching something else or just doing something very challenging. And uh, there were some things that I learned about myself that I didn't even know existed. And that was quite a difficult thing. It was a challenge that I had to... I was con- I constantly... I was constantly... And we we all were, everybody in the class. We were being knocked down and we had to, we had to get ourselves back up again. And I, I think that's very um, true in the stories that we tell is sometimes you have to... Sometimes it's you, we're showing human nature a lot of the time. We're revealing the layers of a human, be- of flawed human beings, and the decisions that we make, the consequences of those decisions. And sometimes that's quite difficult for us to watch because we can relate to that more than we'd like, maybe. And I think that that's that's a big value in 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 the thing that I find that we do is that we're we're revealing layers of of human beings mm. and it's it's almost like sometimes it feels like you know i watch a film or something i i watch a it can it can be anything it can be a short film it can be a tv series it can be anything that we do sometimes i look at that as as like a almost like a friend whatever it is it's like it, it a lot of the time it's like okay we're human beings we make mistakes and it's all right because look, we all do it. We all go through moments of mm-hmm. of being stupid or dumb, or and th- and that's perfectly all right. That's fine. And I guess that's why some people on the other end of the spectrum have such uh, have so much. So where I've said one person I know doesn't value, another person would value an actor 
in in, a, in such high regard mm. that when someone famous passes away, recently Matthew Perry mm-hmm. passed away, there was a there was R. quite R. A, there was yeah there was quite a big outcry of of sympathy and pain for a lot of people because they felt through his art that they connected with him mm. through through him being in a in a television program for ten years that's been on constant repeat. Um, that's entered into the ge- a, gener- a generation mm. his work has entered into, um, and that when he passed away, it was it was sad for us. We didn't yeah. know him personally. We did. We don't know his full no. true story. We just know his art. Yeah. And it's it's what he's what he's what he's given is what he's offered. Mm-hmm. It's like you said. I mean, Friends is is the very definition of, you know. For me, anyway, for my personal experience, I know for a lot of people's experience, Friends, the TV show, is the very definition of a, a sort of a TV show that acts as a companion, <laughs> you know, yeah. through difficult times. Mm-hmm. You know, when I have the cold, when I have the flu, and I have to stay at home, you know, binge something, don't necessarily want to think too much about it. Mm-hmm. The thing that comes up a lot of the time for a lot of people, the first thing that comes up is Friends. Yeah. And a lot of the time, I, I think the reason for that is because. A lot of the things in Friends you can relate to. You find, these, I mean, these characters are, are constantly making mistakes. They're constantly losing their jobs. They're constantly falling in and out of, you know, relationships. And it is ultimately very, very relatable. And it's, mm. it's a good example of, of what I mean by we're human beings, we make mistakes, and that's all right, you know everybody goes through it everybody goes through these things and um i think that that's one of my goals in my career is to, is to do something or make something that acts as a friend for someone you know that acts as a companion mm-hmm. that that somebody can sort of if they're going through a turbulent time they can they that's that's what they can turn to 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 help them sort of get through it move past it pick themselves up whatever it is especially most recently because it's um i've been going through something that's quite emotionally turbulent Mm -hmm. as of recently and it's really it's really inspired me to to write about it and i think one of the goals that i have um through through writing this thing i won't go into it too much because at the moment it's still very um it's still very close to being personal and i'm trying to work out a way of sort of uh, separating it somewhat from my own personal life and making it into something that's that's that can be universally understood by by other people still trying to figure that out but um i really wanted to to be a a friend to people i really wanted to be a companion to people i I want it to be um a thing that can be quite difficult to watch and that's why people watch it because it's difficult and because they're going through a similar thing Mm -hmm. if that makes sense so you're attempting writing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is this a new endeavour? Fairly. Mm. Yeah, I suppose it is. Um, I think we're entering into a phase of the industry where you can't really, as an actor, it, you have to be incredibly lucky to uh, to just sort of make it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I don't think we live... I don't think the industry is what it once was. I don't fully know because I... Obviously, I'm, I'm I'm only experiencing it for what it is now, and I think that what it is now is you're sort of forced to 
to be more than just an actor you have to be a creative mm-hmm. and i think it's important to be a creative as well it, it, in all aspects like i, I think that everything is going to inspire you and inform you somewhat so if you want to be an actor writing is only going to inform performances that you do whether you know it or not yeah. you know yeah i think i think you're right i think uh, an actor for hire is a thing of the past mm. Uh, th- that used to be the case for a long time that mm. people were just they could be uh, there's very few of them but mm-hmm. you could be an actor that that simply does that mm. and doesn't have to think outside of that mm. whereas now if they if you want to pursue acting you need to really start looking at creating your own films yeah uh creating your own stage plays yeah. um c- networking yeah. there's so much to it now that there wasn't necessarily before yeah so when you're looking at writing what is it you're hoping to do with that writing for something for you to to be in i mean that's i'd be lying if i said that that wasn't part of the deal Mm -hmm. um because i think that especially what's been going on with the strikes the sag strikes as of recently things have been quiet for a lot of people and i think that that's be like coming out of drama school that's been quite a frustrating thing at times to face and i've taken comfort in being in in being able to write something because it feels empowering Mm -hmm. in a time where it's very easy to feel powerless and i also because i mentioned i've been going through quite a difficult time recently um it's acted it can act as a form of therapy you know it it can act as a form of you know Mm -hmm okay, I'm going through a difficult time. What can I, wh- what can I do to, to, um, express that, to express really, that. Yeah. Yeah. To, to help it come out. So when I went through a difficult time, I also found writing as well. I dabbled in it quite a bit over the years and, and very similar to you, me being an actor wanted to be in things. I started writing like my own pantomimes. Yeah. Um, I ended up producing and directing the o- my own pantomimes, not being in it, yeah. and having you in it, <laughs> haven't I? Um, so that that happened. Yeah. Um, so things don't always go as the way they're planned when you're doing these creative yeah. things like writing. It's being open-minded. It's being it? open to the to you start with one goal in mind, and that goal may may shift slightly. Yeah. Um, and that was very important for me that it did shift. Yeah. Because that was the start of me doing professional theatre. Yeah. Um, where I could pay actors and make a living, yeah, living from it. But that wouldn't have started if I hadn't have started doing the writing. It's empowering, um, and and doing the writing at the beginning was for me, mm-hmm. so I could so I could write something for me to be in. Yeah. Um, but it changed. But then when I went through one of the most difficult times in my life, when mm-hmm. my my wife got cancer, mm-hmm. um, I had a lot way weighing on me mm. and i felt um i felt in particular there was this shadow of death l- lurking yeah. over me um following me around wherever wherever i went yeah. and each day feeling like is this the day my wife's gonna die yeah 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 <laughs> it all you know when you when you have a family and you do have hopes and dreams for the future and um, y- you do you, you know when you meet someone that you you love and you marry them you th- sort of think this is forever but yeah. then when cancer comes along it says you start to think no it's not mm. going to be forever and that's quite a shock and so 
I found writing was my therapy. Um, and I started writing, and I didn't do this consciously. Mm. I started writing a story called The Chronicles of Death, mm. which were short to, m- to, to, to not, not very long stories. Uh, so they could be like a paragraph mm. or they could be like 10 pages long, but they were all about death. That's very interesting. So, where d- where do you do you f- do you do you believe that that was a almost a subconscious thing? A subconscious thing. Yeah, I didn't I didn't do it intentionally. But looking back at that time, I was trying to get out of my mind and my soul this, or try and come up with some explanation to the way that I was feeling. Yeah. Um, and writing was a great way to do that. Yeah. That I sat alone. And put these stories down. Now, no one's probably, no one's ever going to see these stories. They were. Yeah. I didn't even realise it at the time. I thought at the time I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll publish these. Maybe this will be my first book. But now I'm like, no, I did that for me. Yeah. I did that so I could survive that time. Yeah. And I didn't even know. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't even know I was trying to survive that time by writing. Yeah. But I did, and it definitely helped. I think it. I think it provides a lot of clarity. Is Mm. what I find. Like it, it definitely. I was getting quite upset for a while, um, and I, I, I found that there's <laughs> the first time I actually put pen to paper and translated it onto a page. Mm-hmm. About an hour and a half went by of just straight writing, and I had no idea how much time was going past. Mm. I looked at the time when I finally felt almost satisfied. But like I've got every okay. I've said everything I need to say. I looked at the time; an hour and a half had gone by. Of me, d- uh, not no breaks, just writing, 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 writing. You'd found a pace of flow, which also yeah. helps, which is also a beneficial place to be. Yeah, but I was also like, wow, mm-hmm. that all of that was in here. Like, I, what, I, I feel weightless now the, the, I, I just felt I remember feeling weightless you know we talk about I'll oh, take the weight of your shoulders mm-hmm. it, it it can it can be a very I mean we 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 mean that very metaphorically but it can have a very literal translation in terms of the way we feel mm-hmm. and I found that getting pen to paper in any form whether you're whether you're writing a story or you just want to vent or whatever it's it it, it is such a a weightlifting thing and I, I, I felt so much better afterwards and like I said an hour and a half went by mm. you know of all of that from here yeah. you know I think it's so important you know I mean we're, we're sort of talking about like self-help at this point self-therapy and I, I think like 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 we talked about in the beginning I think it's it can be very in, interlinked to acting or creatives life because we mm. draw from what we know and I found that journaling you know and being quite disciplined about it, regardless of how you're feeling, you know whether whether you're going through quite a, an emotionally challenging time or not, you can draw from that in the future. You know, if you capture these these little moments of memory and time, that can very much be used in future endeavours, mm-hmm. and that's that's quite important. And that's been very useful for me throughout this period. Is is I've inspired myself, and it's. It's been very empowering, and it's sort of it's turned something that's quite that's been quite a lot of the time. It's I, I've seen it as quite a negative thing. 
I turn that into something positive. And that's, that feels good. Mm-hmm. You know, that feels really, really good. And um, hopefully it can, it can turn into something, something more, you know, that's, that's the goal for me. That's the goal. So I think, you know, you mentioned you, what you were writing was very much for you. And I think that's great. And I like all the stuff that I've been writing, it's the same thing. It's been for me. And I think I'm at a point now where I want to find a way of turning that into something that can be for, you know, a lot of people. Be shared. Yeah. And so what form are you writing this in? Are you writing a book, a play, a film? I think I want it to be a short, a short, a short film. Mm-hmm. A short film <laughs> yeah. is, what, is, what they, is what they're called. Um because I want it to be a sort of like a, you know, I was mentioning I wanted it to be like a friend, a companion. I almost want it to be something, if we're talking about it metaphorically, something you can just sort of get out of your pocket, you know, um, you can bring around with you. And if you, if you want it, if you want to watch it, it's going to be there and it won't require a lot of time for you to, to do it sort mm-hmm. of thing. Um, I'm also quite new to writing and I think that writing a short, a short film or a short play or even just a scene, is quite a good place to start, you know? Yes, definitely. Rather than the whole, I th- I think that's a mistake that a lot of people make. They jump straight into the wanting to complete a whole novel. Yeah. Or a full movie. Yeah. If you, if it's you great if, if you, you want to do that. It's great if you want to do that, but if you can't wrap up your story in 10, 15 minutes, there's no way you're going to make it to two or three hours. Yeah. You yeah. know? Um, um, and it's, it's, a, it's, a gr- it's a it's a great little focus point as well. Mm. You you can focus on making something achievable. Yeah. With creating this ten or fifteen minute piece. Yeah. That's not perhaps quite as possible at this stage to create the full yeah. two or three hours. Yeah, I mean it's it's a lot about learning, isn't it? As well, mm. you know, and it's because you will make mistakes as you're doing this. Yeah. So then, with you, with your short film. You can make some mistakes on that, yeah. That leapfrog you forward, so when you make your full feature film, yeah, and you exactly. can go, oh, I learned from that with the, with yeah, the short one, yeah. And it's it, it's like anything else, you know. You, it's a it's a journey, it's a process, you know, and you're constantly going to be learning and making mistakes. This is why I I love where I'm at at the moment in in terms of you know working for the theatre and being surrounded by so many. Mm-hmm. What, peop- what what's going on there at the moment? The Harold Pinter. Yes. Um, what in terms of like what production? What yeah, production so we got a production called Lioness at the moment. Um, I'm I'm sure a lot of people will have have heard it. It has it's a it's got Lily James and Kristen Scott Thomas in it. Um, two hours and fifty minutes. So that's a long one, mm-hmm. and that's going until twenty third of December, I think. Um, I won't be working at the Harold Pinter though until because I've actually I've been cast in a another panto. Okay. Uh, so I'll be touring South London in that. Nice. Um, but yeah, that's what's going on at the at the Pinter at the moment. So if you wanna if you wanna come and see it, check it out. I'll oh, be uh, there. And your job there, you did you say you're an usher? Yeah. So I I usher. Um, work behind the bar a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, pouring liquids into other liquids. That's uh, what a lot of actors do <laughs> for their muggle job. Yeah. Um, it's a job that you can jump in and out of, isn't it? Yeah. And and yet you've got your little toe in the industry as well, so you yeah. can keep an eye on what's going on. You can feel yeah. part of it in some way. Yeah. Even if it is right on the edges, you're still part, you're still in the 
your, to, your, your toe is still in. Your, st- your toe is still in the circle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you can see what's going on. You can you can feel the vibe. Yeah. Um, a great opportunity for you to see productions as well. I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a great job. You might need something on top of it. This is what mm-hmm. I'm finding is I come the new year, I, I I'm definitely going to need to find because I live in London as well. Right. Um, and as we all know in London, it's the expensive. rent prices. Yeah. Mm. Very very expensive. Um, so I, I'm definitely going to need to find something on top of that. But what's good about it is that, like you say, you, you, you are somewhat in it. You're, you're dipping your, <laughs> you're <laughs> dipping the very edge of your toe <laughs> into the industry. Um, you're surrounded most of the time. You'll be surrounded by other creatives, like-minded people. And what we tend to do is we tend to, um, like I, w- we'll organize play readings Nice. between us and a lot of us write on the team so mm-hmm. we'll share we'll share what we've written um or collaborate we're looking to some of us are looking to collaborate together which mm-hmm. is really really cool there's something in that about being around other creative people other like-minded people even if you're not necessarily working on a job together yeah you can often make something happen yeah. together can't you whereas you know you, you're at the theater all these people <coughs> usher <coughs> doing bar work you can make something happen Mm. from that outside of that yeah there's the opportunity to anyway i think as actors we're told too many times that we we don't have control Mm -hmm. that things are out of our control and look to a large extent i don't disagree with you but i there's there are things that you you can do as a as an as an actor slash human being you know you have these choices you you can make them mm. you know if you're surrounded by other like-minded people use that yeah. you know it's an it's an opportunity and i i what i tend to find is what i tend to see because i worked front of house before getting into drama school as well but what i tend to see is that people <coughs> people don't feel that sense of power mm-hmm. as a as a human being with the ability to make choices they 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 see themselves as an actor with with or without representation waiting for the phone to ring yeah and i guess that's the way that you know we're talking about how things were in the past for an actor an actor for hire Mm. you would just wait for the phone to ring you would just wait for someone else to say yes you can do your thing now yeah uh uh, whereas i feel like we've we've broken free of that that's a really good way of looking at it yeah so it's a positive it's not um it's n- it isn't. I don't think it is a negative. I think a lot of people are taking it as a negative mm. that you can't just be on spotlight now and wait for the auditions to come in and go to auditions. That's still happening, mm. but it doesn't have to be your life. Yeah, just waiting for someone else to say yes. Of course not. Of course. And not. I tried to live that for a while, thinking that that was what I needed. Yeah, someone else to say yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I won't do that anymore with the rest of my life moving forward. Yeah. There's not, I won't be on, for me, I'm at a place now where I won't be part of Spotlight anymore. Oh, I really? Won't, yeah, I won't be part, <coughs> I won't be part of a, just being put in a casting selection of, mm-hmm. of headshots. That's not what I, uh, I am going to offer this world anymore, mm-hmm. just to be one of 100,000 people. Yeah. Um. It doesn't mean that, me not wanting that means that's something that you sh- that's bad yeah i think it is a it is some people would say you have to be in it to win it mm-hmm. um 
but I would rather for me now moving forward is to just do the work mm. and just work. Mm-hmm. Whether it's doing this, this is work to me. Yeah. Uh, whether it's doing community theatre, whether it's producing my own plays, whether yeah. it's networking, getting to know other people. Yeah. But I'm not going to wait for someone else to say, now is your time, you can do it. Yeah. I think the beautiful thing about being a uh, creative is that it is so subjective mm-hmm. and fluctuating in the sense of it, it, it everything everything flows yeah. and there is no set definition of a creative you, you it, it's it's just you could <laughs> you can literally do anything you want if mm. it's if it's you know if it's something that you enjoy doing and you are offering something and you're you'll make i suppose I suppose that is a creative. It's just offering something, isn't it? Yeah. You know? And and I'm and, and by saying I won't be part of say spotlight anymore doesn't mean I won't audition. Of mm. course I'll audition. Of course I'll show people what my thing is that I do mm. and what I want to bring to the table. Um, but I feel that that being in a catalogue, yeah, and being picked that way isn't doesn't yeah. suit me. It's not empowering. It's not definitely not empowering. You know, not empowering. To doing it that way for twenty years. Yeah. You, I kind of go look back and go, yeah, that, that that that's not a lifestyle that I want. Yeah. There are elements of the life that I enjoyed mm. previously that I'm going to continue doing, like auditioning, like creating my own work. Mm-hmm. But being in a catalogue and being picked out that way mm. is not a, yeah, it's not a lifestyle choice. No. That I, that I want. And it's not the be all and end all. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is what a lot of people forget is that it, you know, so there are there are a lot of times in this industry where, where you won't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you do it like that, <clears throat> when you're when you're constant, it's it's great to to be constantly being put up for stuff and making yourself, you know, keeping yourself open to to other opportunities, but you can also you can also make your own light you know you can mm. you can you can drive that path you can you know you have the power to make the step you know you don't have to you don't have you don't have to have somebody else pushing you behind yes yeah. behind you can you can walk it and and i guess that's the problem with casting directories you give someone else the power yeah just being part of a directory yeah totally you know you know, and if you're getting these opportunities, that's great. I mean, I, I, I'm at a point now where I'm just trying to be because I'm, you know, considered quite fresh and new to everything. I'm, I'm trying to keep myself as open as I possibly can to everything because there's so many, there's so many ways in, um, and there's so many opportunities that you can create for yourself. I'm very lucky. I have an agent at the moment, mm-hmm. and that I would say is very important. So yeah. someone else there saying. This guy's good. Someone that's got your back. Yeah. Someone that can point you in a direction. Someone, because you can't possibly seek work all the time. No. On your own. You know, you can't. And it's, there are some people, it's important to accept that there are some people who will be at a later stage than you are. They'll have doors open that you may not be able to access as of yet. Um, So I'm glad that I've got somebody behind. You don't necessarily need it. Mm -hmm. You don't need it. it. It's like I say, there's so many other ways in. You don't necessarily need drama school. You know, it was good for me, but I, there were so many, you know, inspiring, fabulous actors that didn't go to drama school. Um, there's so many ways in. I have an agent, like I said. I've got somebody who is uh, really trying to 
kick those doors open for me, mm-hmm. which is great. But that that's not stopped me from from doing everything that I'm doing at the moment. You like definitely, I yeah, with, with an, having an agent, and I know. 99% of agents, they say, well, you have to be in a directory. You have to be in Spotlight mm. for you to, to get work. Mm. Um, so so that's, that's a difficult one to you get in the agent without the Spotlight is a def- difficult question yeah. to answer. But I, I'd like to go back to Spotlight because I feel like it's a, a particularly outdated model. And I think, they've yeah. I, I think that, you know, we have the internet now. Mm-hmm. When Spotlight was first created, it was a paper directory that would yeah. get printed every year with everyone's every professional actor's faces, yeah, uh, and a little tiny. This is what this is what they've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is their name, age, and agent. Mm-hmm. Just that, yeah. Whereas now we, ha- if you want to show what work you've done, we've got LinkedIn, we've got Instagram, we've got Facebook, we've got the tools that are free, yeah rather than spending a thousand pounds a year or what is spotlight now spotlight's about 250 pounds a year to be part of that and then they yeah. then they've got different levels now so so you yeah, they were talking for a while about doing yeah they were prem- t- spotlight pre- premium spotlight premium so if you wanted to be the first ones to be able to get the opportunities and you know it started it, I, I did a bit of research into this premium thing and mm-hmm. i i believe they've paused the idea yeah, because it, it hasn't been well it received. No, it, it hasn't been well received because it all it does is separate us all yeah. based upon our financial status. Yeah. So the very wealthy can go to auditions, and the and the poor, poorer yeah, yeah. ones, the students, let's say, they've just come out of drama school, can't afford to be part of it. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a dangerous thing, isn't it? Because we're we're already the industry has already been criticised throughout the years for being so elitist in terms of what social class you're in. And I, th- I think that we were, uh, I've, I've seen, it's been slow. It's, it's a slow and it's an arduous process and we're still, we're still in it. But I have seen some sort of change and there are, there are more opportunities for, for everybody now universally. And I, I, I feel strongly like a lot of other actors, like most other actors, that that spotlight premium is a big step back, mm-hmm. you know, that for me that's that's going going yeah and I, I guess their problem as a business is that they need to find a way to move with the times like yeah. i say i'm not the only actor out there that's going i don't see any benefit yeah. within this service anymore because we don't all we don't no longer have a printed book yeah. only we now have the inter- we're now 20 plus years into having the internet yeah. an open directory for all um I guess it's where where do we find all the professionals within one place? How do we clarify that mm. between the people that are perhaps pretending to be professionals? Because we know that not everything on social media is true. We all know that now, don't we? Social media is a free thing, yeah. and with that comes a lot of uh, a lot of. I, sp- I suppose I don't know if fake is the right word well fake news fake, fake news yeah. yeah and people are showing off Definitely fake lives fake lives that, that that don't really exist i yeah. know that I, I know of someone that hired a private jet just to take photos on it i mean it like it, it's hard for me not to cringe yeah it, like really <laughs> because she wanted to show that she got a successful life as an actress yeah but you know time tells 
because yeah. two years later, where's that film that you got a private jet for? Where's <laughs> where do you know she's got rich parents and she can make it look like she's got this fabulous life? Yeah, but it's not true. No, <laughs> so not. you so faking it till you make it. Uh, I have personally haven't seen that win for anyone. I it's it's difficult. I d- I don't I don't actually think there'll ever be a a place where you'll you'll have a a like every single creative. I think I think you just need to build. At the moment, you need to you need to go out and, f- and make these friends yourself. And this is why I'm so glad I'm I'm in the job I am right now because everybody is at a very similar stage to where I am in terms of you know where we're at in the industry. We're all we're all quite we're all in our twenties and we're all very fresh, new, um, and making friends with people like that in a similar position we still have our careers ahead of us, you know, and that's that's why I, I feel very strongly that it's been a really positive decision for me to make. I started working front of house back in 2017, mm. a long time ago, and since then I've made friends for life. Um, so it's been such a good opportunity for me. I get what you're saying about Spotlight, though. I think that Spotlight is... Um, I mean, the only reason I'm on Spotlight is because... I have an agent. Mm. And know. like I said, you, your agent will want you there because yeah. they will be digging through it, looking for, it f- yeah. for opportunities for you. And so there are opportunities within there. Especially in that form. Mm. I think in, in that form, you know, because I know that we don't necessarily, as, as actors, um, or I, th- I think that we're stated as performers on Spotlight, I know that we don't necessarily get uh, the opportunities, uh, the high-profile opportunities that the agents are sent. Mm-hmm. So, in that respect, uh, you know, I, I suppose it is quite important to be on spotlight if you have representation. But like you say, there's, it, it's not, it's no longer the be-all and end-all. It's no longer no. the only thing out there. You have casting sites now where, you know, you've got, you've got things like Mandy. You've got places like Backstage where, um opportunities are being posted on there mm. that you can go and get yourself that aren't necessarily being posted on spotlight and i don't think on these casting sites you'll ever find you know you won't find a, a casting for daenerys targaryen from game of thrones no. but you, you you'll find you'll find paid opportunities short films music videos even stage productions i've got stage productions through through things like mandy yeah that will build up your credentials, build up your CV, and everything everything helps. You know, every, every, everything yeah. helps. And and that's why I said at the beginning of this, it's not for me at my stage in my life. Mm. It's not for me having experienced that for 20 years. That's not the way forward for me. Yeah. That's not what I'm pursuing anymore yeah. either. That's I'm, I'm down to my goals and aims have changed. Yeah. So I guess, no, for starting out where you are, no, I'd say it's still relevant and yeah. important to be yeah. part of it, um, and it is important to be on the on the casting site, so you, so that you do have opportunities to be found and you can search mm-hmm. in that way. Mm. So it does still have a have a relevance, um, but I also think that we're that we're moving forward, and, yeah. and something new will is. Ju- I think there's something new on the horizon, yeah, for professionals within the industry. I think I think it, I think we're in a. a age of change yes i feel that as well mm-hmm. and uh, i don't necessarily know what it's going to be i don't think i don't think anybody does but i think especially with these sag strikes as well 
yes, I think that yeah. we're um, we're entering into a new era, mm-hmm. hopefully for the for the better, as well. Yeah, I need to look into because I know that an agreement has been struck, isn't it, with SAG? Yeah, and they haven't said officially what the what the terms are. Yeah, but the concerns were mainly around the use of AI, mainly. Um, yeah. And you know, uh, particularly for s- something that I've got a lot of experience over the years for is being an extra. Mm-hmm. Um, on film sets, mm-hmm. uh, you can't learn that at drama school. No. What it's like to actually be on a film set? No, you can only do it by being there. A big, a big film set as well. Yeah, because a lot of the time when you're an extra, you'll be, it'll be you're in a, you'll be in a bit like I remember when I was an extra, I was in in a big warehouse. Mm-hmm. There were multiple cameras, crew members rushing here, there, and everywhere. And you're right, you don't get that in drama school. No, you, you know? can only get that experience by going out there in the world and. And the the film studios, that is a big expense to them extras. Mm. So they came up with this this way of, you know, we'll computer generate all of them f- from now on. And we'll also take your likeness to use in whatever film we want to use it in. And as technology progresses, and maybe you do become from an extra to a, a, a successful actor, mm. you signed an agreement at the beginning of your career that they can use your likeness yeah forever <laughs> um so you've got no pot- that stops all potential there from you earning a living yeah. from your craft so it's almost and like so it needed to s- it needed to have a full stop and it needed to have a pause yeah to make sure that 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 craft wasn't potentially destroyed for forever and yeah. so i believe that that's what's successfully been figured out and that's great because especially when we're talking about uh, a creative lifestyle like we mentioned at the at near the beginning of the podcast a lot of the things that we do and create as creatives where we're drawing from our own experiences. Mm-hmm. How the hell are you going to get that from a robot? Yeah. You know, you're not going to do it. No. It's not going to be. And I, you know, I, I think that it's so important that we maintain this this humanness because I think that that's ultimately what we what we want to see. Even if we don't know it, mm-hmm. we want to see we want to see human nature at its very core. And I don't believe you're going to achieve that with AI robots. No. It, it's not going to happen. And even if the AI becomes, <coughs> you know, become gets to a state where it can mimic Brando mm. and it can mimic the finest actors of all time, we are going to know that what we are watching isn't real. Yeah. And we are, it's going to take away the empathy, Yeah. I think. And, it, and as soon as we lose the empathy for the entertainment, we're not going to enjoy it. Yeah, and I, that's right. And I, I also think that with, you know, with recreating people like Brando, you know, actors that the the, the most legendary actors, you, can think, you know, most recently Michael Gambon died, mm-hmm. trying to recreate their work. And we've I seen ta- we've we've seen it done to to small degrees, haven't we? We saw um, uh, Carrie Fisher, Princess yeah. Leia. She's been brought back in yeah. the latest Star Wars films. Um, but there is a, there is a, there's no life behind the behind the eyes. There's no life behind it. Mm. It's very clear to tell. And I also think there's there's something very um, there's something very important in recognizing legacy, especially especially as an actor. You know, Marlon Brando left behind some very 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 revolutionary work mm-hmm. as an actor. He did. He was, you know, The Godfather is the first thing that comes to mind. And I believe that if you try and recreate that, 
it removes a very important element of humanity, which is mortality. You know, the fact that Marlon Brando is now the late Marlon Brando mm. and he left all these important movies behind is in itself a very beautiful thing. And I, I think that when you try and when you try and bring somebody back, you're removing a very important part of humans, which we all have to go through and we all have to face, which is the fact that at some point there will be an end of the life that we currently know. Mm. Even for somebody as, as big as Marlon Brando. Why would you want to remove that? Why would you want to take that away? You know, because you want to make a profit or because you want to it could it could go even deeper than that it could be well i don't i don't want to face i want to pretend that that's not a thing mm. you know well it is a thing and these people left a very very important legacy behind I, g- I guess you you've come to something really important there that we're we're defining the 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 work from the money and the de- there is a definite thing that that is a business mm. Uh, particularly films, uh, you know, um, it's called the movie business, mm. <laughs> the movie industry, um, because people want to make money from yeah. it. And the further you go away from the creatives, the more it is about making money. The And the investors mm. that will invest a film, they want to see the highest return on their profits. Yeah, and it's and become more of a focus, hasn't it, mm. in recent time? And I, and I guess <coughs> they're going to look for loopholes. Yeah. and ways around to how can I invest as little as possible and make as big a return as possible. Yeah. So I guess our job as creatives is to, to fight that, Yeah. is to say, no, it's not the industry, is not just about that. Yeah. It, is all, it is about the art that we as humans create. Yeah. And we're at a really important time that we do all discuss this. Yeah. This is the, tur- this is the turning point. Do we do we want to continue to have art enriching mm. our lives in the ways that we discussed at the beginning of our conversations? Yeah. Or do we just want to consume it? Yeah. And I, I, I yeah. And I, I think that, I mean, <laughs> the industry has always worked on passion mm. up until this point. You know, it's always been. If if we look at if we look at some of the stuff, the film industry anyway. If we look at some of the things that have been released over the years we talk about we talk about influential names such as you know scorsese um spielberg a lot of that stuff has come from just pure raw passion and that's what's created Mm -hmm. a profit i suppose it's all interlinked to putting everything on the line isn't it like you're if you put something on the line you're taking a risk but if it pays off that's when the profit is made Mm -hmm. you know that's when blockbuster hits its numbers and I think as time's gone on, that risk factor has become too, too, too difficult of a thing to face for a lot of people, especially the elite, you know, mm-hmm. um, that don't really want to take a risk. They just want to make safe, consistent profit, Re- profit, yeah, yeah, revenue, yeah. And um, I, th- I think for a for a long time we've we've been entering into a dangerous territory where we're forgetting that passion plays an important part in being a creative in making anything and i think I, I i hope that with these sag strikes i hope that that's um you know reminded us of that in a way but one can only hope yeah 
And I guess also the the SAG strikes for me have also highlighted the importance of a community. Mm, for sure. Of people coming together, yeah. of being part of a union, yeah. of being part of a group of people that when the industry is taking a turn that doesn't work for us, that we can all get together and say, yeah, this isn't working. <laughs> this it's isn't good, is it? Because I, I, I actually, I don't remember... Um, I've never been in, not in my lifetime anyway, and I, I don't. I've never heard of anything as big as this event where everybody, everybody, you know, uh, actors, directors, writers, everybody's come together and and fought this. I mm. I've never seen anything like this. Well, I like you say, the world is changing. Yeah, and we we have to make sure that it changes in the way that we want it to. Yeah, as a collective. Not just the individuals at the top making decisions for, again, we'll say their profit mm. uh, or their agendas. Mm -hmm. No, it's about it's about us. Mm. It's about the workforce. Yeah, it's about the people that have visions and mm. ideas. And so it's it's our job to to make sure that that continues to move forward in the way that we that we want it to. Yeah, we need to we need to find ways to to hold on to it. And I feel like this has been. A successful time in making sure it looks yeah. like anyway. It a looks successful like time in making sure things move forward in the correct direction mm. for the creatives, yeah. for the people working to make the ideas happen. Yeah. Rather than the people that just want yeah the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's probably going to be important for opportunity as well. Mm -hmm. You know, because I, I think that when, when we. Well, it's it's almost like a, a domino effect. So it will it will play a part in creating opportunities for everybody. Yes. You know, um, especially when it comes to when we talk about AI, you, which is something that is is doing the direct opposite, taking away opportunities, mm -hmm. and that's not even just in in the creative world, is it? That that that's this is a topic that is very much relevant to everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. You know, and. I'm glad that it's 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 taken such a big turn and it's it's um, drawn a lot of attention around the world. Yeah, uh, this year's been massive for this talk of AI, hasn't it? It's yeah. really exploded this year, and I do think that it has its place in society, and it is a tool that we can can use. Yeah, even as a creative, is a tool yeah. that we can use. Um, for instance, I'm dyslexic. Mm -hmm. And I really struggle with writing. If I was mm -hmm. to, it, when I write, it takes time. Mm -hmm. um, it's often ineligible to someone else. Mm. Um, so I have to go over it and over and over it just to make the, not to make the words that I want to get out correct, but it to be suitable for someone else to right. read. Okay. Um, so I've found that I can use AI to help with something for instance like a social media post yeah that for me that's not going to do much for my creativity and expression but for someone else to understand it can speed along the process that's actually really interesting because mm -hmm. i because i'm not dyslexic and i didn't it, it's interesting to hear how how big of a part it can play in someone's life mm even with something like social media, because so I, I, I feel like a lot of people take that for granted. I, yeah. I, I especially do. 
I didn't even take that into account. The fact that whenever you make a social media post, which is such a big thing in yeah, multiple so people's lives. So now. if I was to write a social media post that was, to say, say, like a standard paragraph long explaining what this video is about. Mm. If I was to sit down and do that, I would take probably about 15 to 20 minutes of my time just to write that small paragraph. Wow. Yeah. Um, because of my struggles with the with the mm. writing. Now, it's not something I creatively want to do to, is to explain to someone, but it is necessary that, that that goes out there. So I can put some brief explanation into uh, chat GPT mm -hmm. and say, this is what the video is about. Please help me write a 250 character word tweet that will entice viewers. Add some hashtags. Mm. Now, that's not, that's not something I want to be using my time up on. Mm -hmm. So ChatGTP can create that in an instant for me mm -hmm. as a language model. And then I can put that put that with my post. So will it write it for you? No, will like you, I say, I've, I've just explained to it. As simple as that. Right. This video is about me and an actor having a conversation about our careers. Yeah. Um, create me a social media post in 250 characters. Add some hashtags. Leave a space for the link. Bang, it's given me the social media post that explains what the video is. Well, I, did, I didn't even know that existed. Did you not? No, no. I have no idea. So, yes, yeah, so, so it's a, as a time-saving thing, as something that I would love to be able to afford to have a copywriter in my life, but I can't. Yeah. I now have a copywriter in my life. Yeah. I now yeah. have an editor. So I'm not using it to, to cut the corners of my creativity. Mm. I can use it to cut the corners of the things that, I don't want to do mm. and are not capable of doing and can't afford to yeah. have another person that I pay to do that job. Yeah. So it can be beneficial for us. It can open the way for us to spend more time to be creative. Yeah, and I think I think I think you've hit something very important is time. Mm -hmm. I think that AI ultimately is a way of like time in in a capitalist society, you know, we're very much about not wasting time aren't we you know time is something that uh, that you, you need to make the most of at all mm -hmm. times mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and i think that ai is specifically designed for that mm -hmm. saving time and in you know in examples such as that where it's it's about saving like 15 minutes writing a social media post i i think that's a positive and it's important to see that, but it's important to cap it. Do you know what I mean? It's yes, important to yeah. be like, to recognize, and this is where I, I believe the elite can't, can't really see that. Yes, it's yeah. like, whereas, it, whereas some people are going, oh, let's just write a whole film on there. Yeah. Well, yeah, th that's, not, that's not really real and relevant or, or shows any yeah. human emotion or human storytelling. That's where we're going to lose that, that yeah. connection. Exactly. And ultimately, the consumer is going to feel it. Yeah. If it hasn't got that human connection. Yeah, for sure. You know? Of course they are. Because it's like, well, wh what, are what are we doing? Why are we watching this then mm -hmm. if it's not? Even if we don't know we're thinking it, that that's what's going on. It's mm -hmm. like, well, we're not seeing anything human anymore because the human element's being removed. So what what is the point of this? Why am I watching this? Yeah. What's the point? And I, I think that at the point where saving time um overrides the need for human nature mm -hmm. a very a very in-depth detailed story about humans that's where it becomes a problem yeah because it's like 
Well, now it's just completely capital, ultra capitalist mm-hmm. at this point, and that's not the point of art. No, you know, you need that time. Yeah, yeah. To make anything. So, so, so like I say, we use it, use it as a tool. Use it as a, you know, you can, you can kind of use it as a, as maybe as a mentor in some ways mm. in in the work that you're doing. So if you're if you're writing a story and you've got a sentence again as a dyslexic that you can't quite find the words and the construct to, to make that make sense to someone else, mm. you, you can use the language model to say, this is how I formulated the sentence. Can you help me make this mm. clearer and defined mm-hmm. to make sense to perhaps an, even an audience? You can say to a younger generation mm. and it can give you some options. Mm. Um, so there's a good tool for it. It's almost like a companion. Yes, it? yeah. It's it's I guess where we've got to be careful. Yeah, is where we've got to be careful. It's not taking the the creativity away from from us. Yeah, um, because there is a huge reward in that. Yeah. So why should we? <laughs> yeah. Why should we do that? Yeah. Why should you know. we use an automated system? Yeah. To create that, unless it is purely for profit. Yeah, and that's when it becomes a ruler, not mm. a companion. You yes. Know? Yeah. When it when it's when it's ruling everything and governing everything and then we've got to say well, what is the point of all this profit yeah <laughs> well where does that all go what is th- what is that benefiting yeah for sure yeah what what part of quality of life is that giving anyone yeah and that's what i mean when i say like ultra capitalist because it's not benefiting anyone mm-hmm. apart from the people in charge yes you know <laughs> that's it that's yeah. the sad truth um so yeah so uh, coming away from ai then back to tom Back to me. Back to you. Who, so who's not a robot, I'll who, point out. Um, you're not a robot. You're fully here. Yeah. You're fully self-contained, yeah. Tom. As much as hard as it is to... <laughs> to, 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 to keep tell. it like this. Yeah. And it's a lot, it takes a lot of work. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so w- what, what's going on right now? We started... At, you, you were like, this, there's a lot going on right now. Yeah. This is, it's a busy week. Yeah, you've come out of drama. You're, fre- like, you're fresh, fresh out of drama school. Mm. And you're jumping into the industry. Mm-hmm. What's happening? Well, right now, at this very moment in time, I've got a very busy week ahead of me because I've got I've just been cast in a short film, and I've also been cast in a in a in a panto over the Christmas period, which is great because it's been it's actually been quite quiet uh, because of the I think a lot to do with the strikes, and um, it it means a lot of line learning, <laughs> which is great. Yeah, but it's um, always the hardest bit of the job, isn't it? Always the <laughs> hardest bit. Always the hardest bit, but. I what's been great is the I I feel like I feel like I'm consumed by it again and that's something that I've come to miss from drama school and I think that there's there's points in drama school where you feel like that it gets so like so much I think with uni in general I've found speaking to people in second year the workload gets like extreme um and that's that's so true in drama school. I mean, they, I feel like they avidly, you know, they make a conscious decision to just pile work on you. And I believe they do. They'll never, they'll never tell you the reason they do it in drama school. Uh, if you know anything about drama school, you'll know that the tutors do everything and speak everything in riddle. <laughs> At least that's what it feels like. Because mm. they really want you to work it out for yourself. But I believe the reason why they give you so much work is so that when you come out of the industry and you're actually in it and you're living it, you'll go through very quiet moments but then you may go through 
very busy moments and it could happen like that you yeah. know it, it, it's such a fickle industry everything will change in an instant and you need to be ready for it and i think that's why they do it it's because if you if they work you if they work you at the hardest you've ever worked at this point in time when you get out you'll be able to do anything and you'll almost come out feeling empowered you know that i think you'll always be like nervous when you when you approach a job there'll be a sense of like excitement slash uncertainty it's like okay what am i gonna what am i gonna find here what am i gonna discover here what's gonna happen um but there'll be this element of belief in yourself you know whatever happens i can do it and i i think i'm going through a moment right now where i'm i'm almost quite proud because i i feel there is a lot of work to do and there's a lot coming up but it's like at no point am I doubting myself. At no point am I like, I, oh, can I do this? Is this, am I, am I putting myself under too much pressure? It's almost like a, no, this is how it should be. You know, this is, this is it. I'm in my element. I can do this. I've, I've had much worse before. I've had to sit there in front of 200 people and recite a 10 minute, you know, um, a 10 minute um, monologue. Monologue. The word. <laughs> classical. I was thinking, because we went for a period in drama school where we did, uh, I think of the name of it. Oh no! Oh my god! <laughs> this is so this was such a big part of of drama school, and I forgot it begins with an R. It'll come to me. It'll, It'll come, come to me. But it was um, it was all in sort of like um, like classical language, and we had we had to do it. It was like a poem. Um, <laughs> I'm trying desperately trying to think of the name of it. I'm going so red. That's all right. Well, I'll, get, I'll tell you what, actually. We'll take a pause for a moment. Yeah. This is a good moment. Take a pause. Okay. Uh, have a sip of water. I need a wee. Do you? Desperately. <laughs> Desperately. You've been you've been hiding that really well, to be fair. Uh, so, yeah. So, we'll, t we'll take a pause for a moment. Mm -hmm. um, I'll think we'll of the name. You think of the name. Uh, we'll come back in two minutes. Wonderful. And we're back in the room. Restoration. <laughs> yes. Restoration. Where were that we? Was the, uh, that was the, the word. word you were looking for. Restoration. Yeah. yeah. Restoration. Okay. Tell me more about that. Restoration theatre. So... Um, I think a lot of us know the history of Charles I mm -hmm. and how he was uh, executed uh, by Thomas Cromwell. Uh, well, not by Thomas Cromwell, but by um, Thomas Cromwell and the government. And there was a long period of time where theatre, a lot of things, but theatre was um, censored. And actually a lot of theatres were closed down because uh, they they didn't want to... We went through a period here in England of... There was sort of like a religious revolution, mm -hmm. if you want to, if you want to call it that. And a, a lot of it, a lot of the time, we were f afraid of saying something against the word of God, you know, sinning. And you know, we've already, we've already talked about theatre and actors being a powerful tool mm. to, to to say things and you know, stretch people's boundaries of perception and. Um, that's why a lot of the time you'll find that things are censored is because you want to stop people from thinking. And that we went through a large period of that in England during the time. Um, and then, you know, fast forwarding a few years, Charles II, who was exiled to Europe, I think it was France. I may be very wrong there, but I think, it, no, it was France. And, and that's, that's a fact. And I'll tell you why. Um, because when he came back, uh, Charles II, and he was he was reinstated as as King of England. He brought back a load of um, French 
traditions and so in england we were now you know greeting people like how they cur- cur- Curtis, mm-hmm. um you know doing doing that thing <laughs> uh, is the formal word for it and then um giving each other a couple of kisses on the cheeks and they were very french traditions mm-hmm. and um what he did was he reopened theaters again and charles the second was quite a quite a naughty quite a naughty boy at the best of times and he yeah. a lot of theater restor the reason why it's called restoration theater was, was because theater was literally restored mm-hmm. and um as well as a lot of things and charles ii who'd spent a lot of time in france and and had been quite free to do whatever he liked um was quite a naughty boy in the bedroom he 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 fooled around a lot yeah. And so a lot of the times in restoration theatre, you'll see people behaving very, very badly. Mm-hmm. And I was, um, we did a 10 minute long restoration poem. We had to do that as a as an assessment in drama school. And restoration theatre, because of the time it was in, uh, not too long after, I think maybe 100, 200 years after Shakespeare, but the language was still very much um, classical. And so doing a 10 minute long poem, if you can do that, you can do anything, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is where I was talking about sort of feeling empowered to, to, to do this great. sort of thing and get through this busy period. Um, but it's really great that that's the, 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 the leaving emotion that you've got is feeling empowered, that you've come out of drama school, mm-hmm. feeling like you can, that you can take on this, this yeah. career path in this industry. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I don't, I, I definitely don't think that drama school is the only way into the industry. But mm-hmm. what, what, what drama school did do for me, and everybody goes on their own journey. But w- the, the benefit, the way it benefited me was, I read. I, it was just empowerment. It was it, to to simplify it. It was just empowerment in all aspects of my life. I knew things about myself that I didn't know before. I had done things that I never thought I could do. I had challenged myself in ways that I never thought I could, and I had I n- I then had healthy habits that I took away from drama school and that I've continued to the best of my ability to maintain up until this point, such as meditation. I, I try to meditate uh, a lot, which is quite difficult to do every day when when things get busy. But even just doing it for two or three minutes can be beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I say, it's not the only way in. But it, uh, but I do believe it has personal benefits. Um, it almost acts in a way of like I, I don't know. It it can be. It's a strange thing because, like we said before, acting is is interlinked to your personal life, and I, I think that you know you you have to be fairly confident in yourself, comfortable in your own skin. I, I find that a lot of acting is is literally just being relaxed. You know, just. Mm-hmm. We had entire lessons dedicated to relaxation and just trying to get ourselves out of our minds and into our bodies sort of thing. And um, a lot of that comes from relaxation. Mm-hmm. So we had classes that were about an hour long where we'd just sit in a chair and our tutor would, would um, he taught us that a lot of stress and tension can be released through sound. It's like when people scream or when they shout into a towel actually that could be <laughs> that could be quite beneficial as it turns out mm-hmm. and um we would just sit in chairs and release 
release stress through sound, you know, so we'd sit there and we, <laughs> I'm not going to do it to the mic because <laughs> I'll burn people's eardrums. Mm-hmm. Um, but we would sit there and just make these long humming noises to release the stress. And we were taught if we felt the need to do that before production, then go ahead and do it, <laughs> you know. Um, and as a result of consistently doing that for three years, I now feel very comfortable in my own skin mm-hmm. and um you yeah. found a way to be free yeah yeah it's it's a f- it's a freedom thing mm. um so now when i approach my work it's 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 now with a sense of empowerment and you know we'd we'd mention a good example actually is we mentioned uh you mentioned that we'd worked together before mm-hmm. um when you wrote when you wrote uh jack and the beanstalk mm-hmm. panto that we did together and i remember for a while after that because I played, I played the Dane, which is actually what I'm playing uh, in this upcoming right, tour, okay. mm-hmm. and that was really, oof, that was really stressful at the time mm. because I didn't feel empowered. I didn't have that sense of empowerment, and actually, I was, I was going on stage, and I was, I was feeling like it was, I don't know, it, 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 would, it everything was a challenge for me. I, everything was just sort of anxiety provoking, and I'd walk away. It was very new to you at that time, wasn't it? It was, it was very new to come out and it, you you weren't just coming out onto the stage and performing a piece. You uh, interact. You, you started the show interacting with the audience, yeah. didn't you? And that was the thing. It was, it was like the feeling of having to host people. Yes. Know? And um, So you, were, you, weren't, you, you had a script, mm. but you had to deviate from that when, when you brought kids up onto the stage wherever necessary um and they would ask you and talk to you ask you questions and things and you'd have to respond to that as the character yeah within the moment but i guess you hadn't really done that before had you so you was foreign to me yeah really really foreign and i i remember i remember every single at the end of every single day i would be and it was nothing to do with you or the all the Mm -hmm. the production was brilliant it was it was my own personal mindset I would get to the end of every single day and I would feel um, anxious mm-hmm. and and stressed that I'd then have to do that the next day, you know, multiple performances. Yeah. Um, because of the pressure. And I what what drama school has done for me is provided me with a sense of, you know, <laughs> constant self-belief and empowerment that I can do that, you know. So how do you hold on to that now moving forward? So you're away from you've moved away from drama school, that's the thing that you've done. Yeah. You've got that empowerment. So you're going to have highs and lows yeah in this career. How do you how do you hold on to it? Um I, th- I think healthy habits play an important part. Um everybody has their own journey. So I I I I can I can sit here and I can talk about what I do. Uh, people people will have multiple ways of doing it. Um, I find that I find that mindset can either be a your best friend or your worst enemy. Mm-hmm. So the way I looked at it, or the way I still look at it, is that it, you know you it's an inner voice, and so it, affirmations play an important part for me, um, especially positive affirmations through meditation and focus on breath. Um, so I tend to find that when I spiral into an anxious state. It's me telling, or it's a, it's a mind inside my head. I almost separate it as a, as a separate sort of entity. It's a voice inside my head saying, you can't do it, or 
what if this goes wrong or you know you'll fail it'll 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 be a catastrophe it, it, whatever and bec- through practice i've become quite good at and it can still be a challenge don't get me wrong but i've i've become quite good at recognizing when that's a thing identifying it speak like speaking out loud exactly what what's going on in my mind because that way i'm facing it head on and then switching it and starting to to actually you know tell myself you know to to simplify it you can do it Mm -hmm. you know this is the thing you can do you're you're not you're not you you've been trained you know you've you've done this for a long time now there's a lot of years that have gone into this you're good you know you have something to offer um you are loved because that's an important thing as well and you will be loved despite of this Mm -hmm. in spite of whatever happens Mm -hmm. um and this will not identify you as a person and by doing that you you completely alter the way you think in an instant mm-hmm. and you'll people underestimate the power of that you know you can really change your mindset even if it's just small and in the moment you can change it in an instant and if you do that over time over a long period of time you'll start to to think like that more consistently mm-hmm. and it will become more of a consistent thing it won't it won't happen you won't you won't become consistent at it in the moment you can change it in the moment you can change what you're saying to yourself in the moment but it won't become a consistent thing it won't mm. become second nature in the moment but it will over time with practice mm. that's a really important message you've you've given there for anyone else listening mm. starting out on this path so what do you what do you what are your hopes for the future um i did <laughs> i i what is the what is the ideal path what does it look like difficult for me not to look at it step by step mm-hmm. i think i think long term um long term i would love to do it's a good question and it, it's, it's hard to sort of pinpoint what what you want because it's and i think i think that's due to the nature of the industry is that there's it's not like a nine to five job is it where you no, have where so you have like yeah, and, it, and I've and I found this di- this question hard when I've met a new agent. They're like, often the new agent will ask you, "What what do you want from this yeah. this industry?" And it's like, well, I don't really get. A, it often feels like you don't really get a choice. Yeah, but if you did get the choice, then ha- what would it look like? I have. I, I tell you what, I do have. I have, in terms of goals, I have production companies that I'd like to work with, directors I'd love to work with. It, it main a lot of the time it's it's um companies and people that you'd like to work with and i think that's because we're uh we're self-employed you know mm-hmm. we're, the, the, we are our own business um if we're thinking about it from a corp- corporate point of view you know that's the nature of it it's the, that's the business point of view is that we're we're selling ourselves and because of that every job is going to be different and a lot of the time you're not going to be unless you're on a soap or a long-running tv series you're not going to be consistently working every job's going to be different and the people you're going to be working with are, are likely to be different as well um i've seen a lot of consistent consistently good productions with the bbc um the most recent one being boiling point don't know if you've seen that no. have you seen that uh oh yes um is it stephen graham yeah stephen graham yes yes um phenomenal actor mm-hmm. and somebody i'd love to work with actually um but stephen graham 
yeah he did so that was that was interesting actually boiling point because that started as a short film mm-hmm. like that 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 was when it was birthed was when yes, it was a short yeah, film yeah did so well that they made it into a a feature a feature length mm-hmm. which i don't think i think was was on netflix and i don't think is anymore right I know, I believe it's because I've been meaning to watch it myself because a friend recommended it. Yeah. Um, so can can I just try and like make you jealous for a minute? I've just recently worked with Stephen Graham. Oh, come <laughs> on. What no, do you mean? See, see, this, see this, this is the thing of like the industry and being open to different ways of not just being an actor for hire. Yeah. So I also do a lot of standing work, uh-huh. which standing work is basically when the main actor... Uh, wants to rest in their trailer uh, so that the lighting guys, the cameraman, the sound man can get everything prepped. Uh-huh. That job can t- sometimes take a couple of hours. Yeah, yeah. But they need to know where the actor's going to be standing, moving, mm. what they're going to be saying. So they'll get a standing mm. to do it. Um, and if you're an actor being a standing, it's even better for them because you will need to mimic what the professional actor yeah. the professional actor is doing Stephen Graham so recently I, b- I worked on a on a film I don't think I'm allowed to say it yet actually I think I saw Ooh, uh, non-disclosure. yeah non-disclosure Those bloody NBA. but yeah so um this will come out before that comes out so but but recently worked on a production where I was he standing for a week mm. and that was like you do I was look, you do look like and Stephen I, Graham well I don't think I do but height build and similarities because yeah. you don't have to be perfect you know the lighting guy's got to be like right okay that's where the shadows are going to come across so you've got to have a fairly similar it's mainly the height is yeah. is, is the main thing i'm the same height <laughs> as him and i won't say that i got you know i didn't get to work with him as an actor yeah but i got to watch him work for a week and mimic that and uh, that's an in- that's an interesting part of the the industry that not mm. many people will know about. No, no, and it's a, and, a, and I got to be there as the main actor at points. Mm. Yes, he would come in and do the proper the job that's going to be filmed, but it was almost like I saw it as a little bit of training for a week. Yeah. Okay, so when I'm the main lead in an actor, here's how I'm going to do this within this kind of scene. Um, invaluable. Very, yeah. Very again, invaluable. something that you won't learn at. At drama school, yeah. and I get get that work through an extras agency. Yeah, I was going to ask. Mm. Yeah, so a lot of people put that down and say, "No, don't be with an extras agency. That will, you know, that will stop you getting professional acting work." Well, I was a professional actor for a week. Yeah, on a movie that's gonna that they're putting hundreds of millions of dollars into. Yeah, you know, and I got to work watch a world famous actor work for a week. Yeah, and I got to. I did work with him. I did, you know. He he did the job. I watched him. I came in and repeated what he did, and I would sometimes actually go back and give him notes. I would say, since you did that scene earlier, they've now changed the angle. Right. So he wouldn't go back into the room oblivious to the changes. Okay. So yeah, yeah. But I worked with him. So there you go. Name dropping. Consider me jealous. (laughs) Consider me jealous. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool, though. And that's, like I say, it's an aspect of the industry that not many people will know about. Yeah. I think it's interesting what you say about extra work as well. And, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, peop- industry professionals saying you shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. It's a big no-no. Um, I think what I found with things like that is uh, don't overthink it, mm-hmm. you know. If you want to do extra work, 
I get. I guess the danger is is getting caught up in it because yeah. it can be a job that you get some. You know, it's hard to get regular pay with this kind of mm-hmm. career, but there can be a little bit of regularity to it. Yeah. So there was a period of time in my life where I did it fairly regularly, as regularly as you could. Interesting. For about three or four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was like one job to the next, to the next, to the next. Well, when you d- start doing that, you stop going to auditions mm-hmm. and you stop missing those o- opportunities. Um, but that was my drama school for film acting. Right, okay. Was, yeah. was doing that for three or four years. And it's a way of learning. Yeah. It's such a good and way I, of and learning. I get, you know, and you, and you d- it doesn't pay too bad either. Yeah. Whereas now, I do it as a kind of a side hustle. Every now and then, if I see a job comes up, that I'm like, oh, I would, I would pay to be part of Game of Thrones. Mm. Well, guess what? Game of Thrones comes up as an extra work. I'm in the background of Game of Thrones. Like people would pay for that experience, mm. but I'm there, being paid, being paid. Yeah, not paying um, to do it, being paid, being paid and learning. Yeah, because every single production you do, there will be something different that you didn't know before. Yeah, and I think it's interesting. I think it's I, you're you're so right with what you say about not making it regular. I'm um, not making it regularity, and I I think that. I think that it's important to keep your eye on the bigger picture, mm-hmm. you know, when you do it, you know, because um, sometimes you can, I suppose if you do it, I've heard stories of, of, of people doing it regularly and building up a name among, because it, it's, it's a, it's a small industry. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's an intimately small industry. It's weird because you have a lot of people, actually you've got so many people in the industry, but ultimately the people that are, are making the productions, that circle is quite small. And I've heard stories of people who do extra work m- building a name as being an extra sort of thing. Like, you know, that's the person to call. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that only happens if you're doing if you're doing that sort of work regularly. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be an actor, if that's what you want to do, then that's obviously that's great. But a lot of the time, you'll find that actors who are first starting out do extra work for the reason of you know mm-hmm. they want to gain experience on set and i think it's it's very important to keep your eye on the bigger picture in that scenario you know mm-hmm. what do you want and how are you going to get it and how are you going to move forward what's the next step yeah sort of thing so it's it's great to do it as a side as a side thing because as you say you get invaluable experience mm-hmm. and a lot of the time it, it is really good money i mean yeah. we're talking about long hours you do you do very long hours but the pay is good you mm-hmm. know I've, I've, you can get anything i, I mean um a start you know if you're working on a on a feature film mm. um for a 10 hour day you can get your, your minimum's going to start coming at about 120 pounds yeah for a minimum fe- minimum 120 pound for a 10 hour day mm. um and it can it can rack up into a couple of hundred pounds yeah. 300 pounds easy easy which but is what you can be paid for a shoot to, if you're a main as, actor as in a, a main short actor, film or something. Yeah, yeah, as a main actor. So you, the pay is not too too different actually from yeah. be, from some of the main actors per day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, invaluable experience doing that, and um, I'm pleased I made you jealous with my my recent story. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> no, jokes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I would I would highly recommend it starting out. Get on the books of these extras agencies. You don't have to accept every work bit mm-hmm. of work that comes your way. No. You cherry pick. You like yeah. if you see something you're like, Oh, I'd just love to be part of that production. Yeah. Go and be part of it. You never know who you're gonna yeah. meet that that day. Well, and this is the thing. You know, um 
early days, I, I have I have met some film stars and celebrities that I wouldn't have met in other ways. I've I've had breakfast with Elijah Wood um, the night after he was at the Oscars. Like how crazy! How many people get to have that experience? And I only got that experience through being an extra as as a football hooligan. Um, and sitting down in the wrong <laughs> eating location for the extras. <laughs> um, I, asked if, I asked this guy, I just said, do you mind if I sit there? He was like, yeah, no problem, sit sit there. Sat down, looked at him. Fuck, it's Elijah Wood. <laughs> when I'd watched him on telly last night at the Oscars. Yeah. And he'd flown straight over, got a private jet and landed there sitting sitting next <laughs> to me. <laughs> <laughs> Start calling it Eli. Yeah, and and I got to have I got to have that experience. Yeah. Um, also, briefly met Robert De Niro, shook his hand through doing. Wow, you're doing you're out. I've met a lot of celebs, but this is yeah, you know, you're outclassing it. But but that was through that time period of going right. I'm going to find out what this industry is about and be through the only way that I can be an extra. Yeah. Um, and I learned a lot in that time. Yeah. Um, it's drama training in itself. Yeah. Yeah, so no, I would highly recommend that. Yeah. So next, so big, it's hard to look at the big picture for you. Then I get that. So the next step right now, so you're going to be doing this pantomime mm-hmm. over this Christmas period. Mm-hmm. What happens in the new year for you? The new year, um, not too dissimilar from now. So at, at this moment in time, I'm looking to gain uh, a voice agent um, as well as my, uh, I mean, it's called an acting agent. And that's how you distinguish, you, you know, acting agent and voice agent. It, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's just the voice agent gets you voiceover work. Um, that's what I'm looking to get at the moment. Voice acting is uh, something that I would love to get into. It, it's it's um, it's a very very challenging in a circle to get into because it's such a it's it's a huge aspect of the industry and there's a small set of people who are al- uh, allowed to do it you know uh, who, kn- who just know the right people but um voice acting i was trained in voice acting at drama school um because they do that now they actually train you for all aspects mm-hmm. of the industry all medias all medias mm-hmm. and i was very fortunate because i actually in my final year of drama school i was nominated to represent central uh in the bbc's colton hobbs mm-hmm. voiceover award um which, for those who don't know, it's 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 a it's a very prestigious voiceover uh, competition for um, drama school grads, you know. So two, I think it's two people are selected from every drama school in the country, every drama school or university that holds a drama course, and you uh, you basically you do speeches for the first round. There's there's several rounds to it. The first round you do a speech, a couple of speeches, and then if they like you they'll make it into the into the the next phase the next stage which is you do a duologue with somebody and if you make it through that phase um you go into the bbc studios and you you do some recordings for them and uh, two people win the competition if you win it you get contracted with the bbc's radio company for a few months after you graduate uh, t- to work with them uh, in the colton in the cult, I, I don't know if it's called the Colton Hobbs Company actually, but it's it, the BBC's got a famous radio company. Um, I I didn't win it, but I was commended. I got I received a commendation for one of my speeches um, by the BBC, and I was one of five out of 
around about 70, 70, 80 other students in the country, actor grads, to do that. Um, and I really enjoy doing it as well. I think the voice acting, I've always been able to do uh, accents very well. Um, mm-hmm. I've always been able to, I've, I've had a, a very sort of good ear for it. And sometimes that's worked in my favour. Sometimes I've got into a lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just I, I just have a lot of fun doing it. Mm. And I've always found it fun to, to mould and shape my voice um, into other characters, if you like. And so that's an, that's an avenue I'd like to explore, very much so. And I, I feel like the time is right now to do it, to search for a, a voice agent. Um, because of how new I am from drama school, mm-hmm. and I, I think I think people are always searching for new talent and new voices, and um, so that's one goal. <laughs> Long story short, the other goal, the other goals that I have, are, are mainly just a lot. I think a lot of it is just persistence, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because everybody knows, every actor knows. Okay. I'd obviously like to get a role in a BBC TV show or a, a, a Netflix show, or I'd like to, I'd love to work with the big production companies, Disney. I'd love to work with several of these directors. Um, I think the goal is to just be persistent, keep healthy, keep a healthy mind, keep being creative, keep doing things that are going to keep me in it, sort of thing. This is where writing comes in real handy because even if you are just writing for yourself. Um, you're still harnessing your your power as a creative, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's all gonna inform you. It's all gonna lend itself to you um, maintaining the courage to keep going. I think um, I'd love to do more read throughs with um, several actor friends that I have, and because um, I'm very I'm very fortunate because I've I've got a big sort of network of actors that I have from drama school from uh before going into drama school from working front of house uh, i'm also lucky in the sense that i grew up with everybody around here um and my closest friends i i see them as very creative people as well so i i have a good network of people around me um that bring that i feel brings out the best in me a lot of the time mm-hmm. uh so yeah i mean it's I really do think you will keep going as well. I've got this feeling you're going to keep persisting mm. and keep moving forward. I've always seen you. I've known you quite a while now. Mm. And and I've, I've always seen you. You just keep moving forward and you keep going. Mm. Um, and I don't think that's going to stop for you for you anytime soon. And I, I really do wish you all the best of luck with how you pursue, yeah, yeah, pursue yeah. this You career. too, you too. Um, Thank you. Uh, as we sort of wrap this up now, have you got any lasting... Words of wisdom for anyone <laughs> else that's fresh out of drama school that isn't sure how they're going to keep going? Um, apart from what we've already spoken about, I think I think just a one word of advice I will give is don't make it don't don't make it. Hmm, how do I put this in words <laughs> that makes sense? <laughs> don't. Um, don't let it cons- don't let don't let it be the only thing that consumes you. Don't let acting be the be all and end all. It may be what you want to do. You may want to be creative, and that's great. Go for it. But have other things in your life as well. 
do other things that bring you joy because i think i think it's very very easy and i've experienced this as well it's very easy to lose sight of why you're doing it ultimately the decision the reason behind what you do is because you want to have fun doing it and it's very easy to lose sight of that and i've lost sight of it on multiple occasions and do other things that bring you joy you know if you want to read a book read a bloody book if you want to go to the gym go to the gym if you want to see friends see friends if you want to learn a language if you want to play chess do it and it will everything will inform your acting everything because acting is is just about living life you just got to live your life so do it it's wonderful tom what better <laughs> way to wrap this up I really appreciate you being here today. I've, I've thank you for sharing. It. I've loved it. Thank it's you for having me. It's been really nice. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do this again, like a little bit further down in your yeah, career. A series we'll see, two. We'll, we'll see. Like we'll, we'll come back to this and yeah. Uh, yeah, see see how things are going in a year from now. Ten perhaps. years down the line, we're both working for the BBC. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the Creative Academy podcast on the BBC. There you yeah, go. Yeah, there you nice go. Working, brilliant manifestation. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. That was the BTS Creative Academy podcast uncut. I appreciate you joining us for this conversation. If you'd like to find out more, just search BTS Creative Academy. And to make sure you don't miss out on any future conversations, don't forget to like and subscribe.